Hey, it's Candy. Did you know that I have a quiz to help coaches choose their niche? Yeah, I do. It's super popular and it has been taken more than 20,000 times. This is a fun quiz that takes you about two minutes to do, and it will probably give you way more clarity on choosing your best coaching niche. So now whether you say niche or niche, it's going to work for you. And if you're a coach and you have been stuck in niche indecision, wondering what to do, then you should take my quiz and find out what you learn. You can take the quiz today at coachnichequiz.com. That's coachnichequiz.com. Okay, let's dive into this week's episode. Welcome to She Coaches Coaches. I'm your host, Candy Motzek, and I'm going to help you find the clarity, confidence, and courage to become the coach that you are meant to be. If you're a new coach, or if you've always wanted to be a life coach, then this is the place for you. We're going to talk all about mindset and strategies and how-to, because step-by-step only works when you have the clarity, courage, and confidence to take action. Let's get started. Hey, and welcome to this episode. So glad you're here. I know that I say this every episode, but it's true. I wish you knew how much I appreciate you spending your time listening to me, listening to these answers, and I hope being inspired and motivated and supported. I'm bringing you a group of experts. There are a number of them, seven plus me, and I've gathered them together to answer one question. Now, this is kind of a challenging question, so it's going to take a bit of concentration for all of them. And in fact, it took me a bit to answer it for myself. So here's the question. What are the three biggest myths you've discovered about being an entrepreneur? And for me, I've narrowed it down even to being an online entrepreneur because there is It's a slightly different world. So I wrote that question. I asked them, and then I started to think, wow, how would I narrow it down to the three biggest myths? And I'm not sure that I've actually got my three biggest myths, the largest ever, but these are pretty close. So let me tell you what I came up with. The first one is that it is, there is one singular, fast, easy way to be successful as an entrepreneur. And this myth keeps us from trusting ourselves. And it makes us think that since we didn't get immediate and fast success, maybe we weren't fully booked in 30 days or some such crazy thought that we were doing it wrong. So instead of realizing that just because it didn't happen fast, we forget that there are many paths to success and we need to trust ourselves that we are finding our own way. It can take some of us longer than others. And if you're one of those people, it's taking a little extra time. Just keep heart. You're on the right path for sure. The second big myth is that a coaching business is different than any other kind of business, but it's not just because you love to coach 
doesn't mean you don't have a business. We still need to market to potential clients. We need to make offers. We need to manage our finances. The only thing we don't have to do, or most likely don't have to, is have a brick and mortar store. When we remember that a coaching business is a business, a business that does good work, does work from the heart, it's still a business. When we get over that, we reduce our resistance to doing all that businessy kind of stuff, and it gets so much easier. It is the resistance and thinking things aren't or shouldn't be that way that makes it harder for us. So accepting it makes it easier. And the third big myth is this. This is the myth of the six or seven figure launch. Now, if you're anywhere on social media, you have been targeted by people who proclaim in big letters their giant launches. The only problem is you have no idea how long they've been in business. My guess is it's more than just a year or two. So the less time you spend comparing yourself unfavorably, the better. The second problem with this six or seven figure launch story is that this is the money that they receive. It's their income, their sales, their revenue, the money that comes in. But what it doesn't tell you is how much it costs to them. Did they pay thousands of dollars on advertising? Did they hire a top-notch copywriter to write their emails? Did they have a full team and all the costs that go along with that? So a six-figure launch, which is some time that for an event, they sold more than $100,000. Some of them might have expenses of $10,000, $50,000, $100,000, or even more. So get me here. If they sold 100,000, it's a six-figure launch. But if they sold 100,000 and then spent 100,000, guess what? They've got no money left over. Oops. So those are my three big myths. Now let's hear from the other experts. So Nancy, I have a question. What are the three biggest myths that you have discovered about being an entrepreneur? Well, let's see. There are a lot of myths about that. Um, the first myth is kind of along the lines of some things we've already talked about. There's one way to be successful. And if you follow the formula, you'll be successful too. Big myth. Wrong. Um, you need uh, a niche and you need to, um, you know, really define that niche and create an avatar for yourself. No, I really believe that the way to get at the right niche, so to speak, is to define the problem you solve and find the people that have the problem and are willing to pay for it. That's simple as that. And the other thing is, you know, you have to have technology, you have to post on social media five times a day, six platforms, seven ways to Sunday. You've got to do all these things. Well, you know, pretty soon I had a client once that I won't mention the company they work for, but they had him going through hoops and doing so many things that he had no time to sell his product. And you don't want to get into a situation where you're doing so much with technology and social media and all the other little goodies that come along. Hey, they're great. I love technology too. But when it starts to cut into the time you have to provide your service, or practice your craft, or meet with your clients, then something's wrong with this picture. 
So mm-hmm. you don't have to do all that stuff. Years ago, and I'm old enough to remember this, we had a telephone, a yellow pages, a pad of paper, and a pen. And we did lots of business that way without anything else. So yeah. if you can kind of just keep that in mind. The rest of it, can it be helpful? Yes, but you don't need to do it all. That's a myth. Very good. And there is a whole group of people that I know who have very successful businesses that barely even have a website. They have a landing page and not a whole heck of a lot else, right? And they Mm -hmm. do just well. And so that sort of goes to that first myth that you said about just because there's somebody that says there's this formula and you must follow this formula and you will be successful, there's obviously people that are doing it differently. And so again, comes back to this full circle, right? Know yourself, do what's right for you, serve your people, help them get what they want. Yes. And no, make no mistake, the people out there that are teaching these other methodologies, it's great information and they're great methodologies. They just don't work for everyone. Exactly. Um, And that's that's the problem with it. Uh, It was successful for them and it will be successful for some percentage of people that study under them, but not everybody. Mm, Yeah, I I 100% agree. And that's exactly what I, you know, help my clients with as well as finding the way that works for them. It's also so much more satisfying finding your way is really satisfying <laughs> and easier, yeah. easier because it's exhausting to be something that you're not. Mia, I have a question. Can you tell me what do you think the three biggest myths that you've discovered about being an entrepreneur or about entrepreneurship in general? Yeah. So we have talked in the past about <laughs> the idea of of payment and individual versus group coaching. And that would actually be the first huge thing that I did. Like the first myth that I did not understand is that I had, before I was a coach, I had this graphic design business and I was selling $20,000 situations, you know, 20 to a hundred thousand dollars situations for design projects. And when I became a coach, I started sell- the first thing I ever sold was this like $37 ebook. And it was freaking harder to sell the $37 ebook than it ever was to sell a $20 or $100,000 design thing. Like, and I was so surprised by that. Like, I just, I just didn't, I mean, if I had done the math, I would have also seen like how many $37 things would take me to get to even the 20,000, which I don't think I did. But I was also surprised. Like I thought lots of people would want to, and a lot, so many lots of people would want to come by the $37 thing that it would very quickly add to the $20,000 thing. And that was not true. So that was mm-hmm. one myth that I had to really sort of overcome. What's another one? Another myth. It's funny because I've I have to like separate coaching from. I've technically always been an entrepreneur at heart. I think, um, you know, another thing, uh, definitely a big one for me, has been in just knowing that I did this to really create a life, and then having moments where I imagined that I had less life than some of my friends who were coming home from work and like, including actually my husband. So my husband is a, is a corporate person and, you know, just even watching him come home and just be able to like turn off. And my brain just doesn't just turn on. I never, I have to very purposefully turn off. So the fact that it would be like an easier way to create a life was a little bit of a myth. Now that said, like, 
there was perks like the babysitter could come to my office and I could nurse my baby and I never pumped, but like things like that. <laughs> but really it wasn't as balanced as I thought it would be like by nature. I had to work at it. Mm. Um, so that was another one. And then I guess an, another myth was that I would never have to, that I guess I equated entrepreneur with solopreneur. So it took me a while to understand that I had taken on a lot of jobs and that possibly if I was going to grow the amount I wanted to, I would need help. <laughs> um, and that this wasn't a sol solo thing. Like, I, I think I sort of bought into the like laptop travel everywhere situation. And that wasn't even my reality. I mean, I had three kids, so we weren't traveling, you know, we went on this book tour, but other than that, like we were pretty much home. Um, and so, yeah, I think those are sort of three things that really surprised me. I don't, I guess I don't know if they're missed so much as they just really surprised me about the journey. Yeah. And then the other that I would add to the laptop lifestyle is they always show you on the beach and I'm going to tell you my computer I cannot see the screen in the sun. And then second, yeah. it hates having sand on the keyboard, right? Like, <laughs> And it, it doesn't like heat either. Yeah. No, it doesn't like no. any of it. And you, yeah, and you can't see what you're doing. Yeah. No, and exactly. clients don't want, and, and your coaching clients don't want to see you at the beach. That makes no. them mad. They're so offended <laughs> when you do that. <laughs> How dare you be they out there be, having fun? Well, and they want to be in a contained, you know, they want to feel held and contained. And the beach feels like, you know, the margarita guy is going to come up behind you and be part of your, your coaching call. Donna, I have a question. This is all about entrepreneur. What are the three biggest myths that you've discovered about being an entrepreneur? Oh, you can do it all yourself. You don't need help. Uh, tech is insurmountable. Um, I could go on and on, Candy. <laughs> You've got a grocery list of myths. <laughs> I've got a grocery list of, of, of myths. And, and, you know, and one would think doing it once should make it easier or being an executive, paid executive in somebody else's company should make it easy for you to make the transition into your own business. And a lot of it is the value you place on the type of business you're doing. It was easy for me to value being an executive in an international company. It was hard for me to accept value in being this little tiny startup in a new business that was kind of considered woo-woo at the time. Yeah. There's something um, that I just, I don't know if you've noticed this or not. I know years ago when I started my coach training, one of the very first weekend training sessions that we did is this was before we had created relationships with the other people in our cohort. They brought everybody up in the afternoon and addressed the group. And we always sat in a large circle. There would be say 25 to 30 people there. And when they would say, what do you know about this person? And granted, many of us had only just exchanged names and maybe done a little bit of an icebreaker. And the depth of knowing that these other acquaintances, strangers had, just having observed you, maybe having heard just a couple of words, is really shocking. We think like you were talking about being an executive and kind of thinking you were, you know, in the closet, as it were. And yet people can feel it and they can see it and they know it. So we kind of fool each other with that whole in the closet thing, don't you think? 
Absolutely. <laughs> right. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, you're, you're out before you know that you were before you ever know that you're in, right. You're already out there. It's just flipping the switch and creating value for yourself. You know, you have to pat yourself on the back more times than, than not and say, okay, I, I did this. I can do more. Mm-hmm. And, and then allow yourself to just stop lying to yourself, right? Like really? Yeah. I mean, what, what are we trying to accomplish when we pretend that people can't see who we really are? Right. And it kind of creates this weird conflicted energy too, right? Like if you really are that woo spiritual person, and then you're pretending that you're an executive all buttoned up with the, you know, heavy male energy. It's this weird, like, it's like, it's, a, I think it's conflict for the people that you inter, that you um, interact with. It's like, you're not quite aligned. And so they don't know what to do with you. And it gets very strange and convoluted. Absolutely. You have to, you know, step back and give your head a shake and say, am I coming from my head, my ego mind map, or am I coming from my heart? And if you're in your head, you have to get out of it and get into your heart. It doesn't matter what business you're in. It doesn't matter what service you're providing. If it's coming from the heart, it will be true and aligned mm-hmm. with your purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the the flip of the question. The three biggest myths is the one true thing is to become totally aligned with your heart and who you are and to live more true to who you are, right? Absolutely. So Wendy, I have another question. Can you tell me over the years, what are the three biggest myths you've discovered about entrepreneurship? So the first one is that you are alone. By definition, you would think entrepreneurs are solopreneurs, right? We often talk about how isolating it is and how you're out there on your own, but you're not. I have found quite a network with my author group. I have found in my writing group, I have a group um, of speakers that I am a part of. I have a group of technical professional women that I am a part of. You can be as connected as you want to be and not be isolated. Right. Mm, So that would be the first one. Um, The second is this idea that you have to make the right decision. And I just think that's garbage because none of these decisions are permanent. I think one of the best pieces of advice I ever got was when I was very first starting out and I wasn't sure what to charge. And the advice I got was charge what you think is right today. And if tomorrow it feels wrong, charge something different. Um, now that's a mic drop (laughs) (laughs) so none of these decisions are permanent you can choose to go one direction in your business and if it doesn't make sense pivot and go a different direction um you may pick a client that you're like yes that is the dream client i had one of those and then i got in and i was like this dream is a nightmare (laughs) and so you know i don't they get a different rate than everyone else if they want to come back. Um, Okay. So then the third one is that you have to do all the things. You don't have to do all the things. (laughs) There are lots of people who are willing to help you do the things that either you don't know how to do or that you don't want to learn how to do. Just like when 
I tell people in making flex work to assess the expectations and to value optimized work. You have to do that as an entrepreneur. What are the things you want to invest in as new skills? And what are the things you want to invest your time in? And what are the things that don't make sense for you to do that? Yeah, that's so helpful. Nina, let me ask you this. What is a big myth that you have discovered about being an an entrepreneur? Well, I think I already touched on this, that you have to do it alone. Like this is the first myth that Mm -hmm. is not true. You can have a best bestie. Like I love having conversation with my best bestie because, you know, just bouncing ideas off is going to help you. And um, you can do it. If Mm. I mean, you if you have help, you actually can be a better business owner. And then you, the more you grow, right, you can hire people. So not only that you help your clients, but you help other people grow their businesses. So is this ripple effect that you are going to see? So you don't have to prove it to anyone. You can ask for support. You can hire coaches to help you get faster where you want to go. You can, um, I don't know, network with other people and meet them regularly and be in a mastermind. So you don't have to do it alone. I think, I mean, this is the most important one for me. So Elisa, I have another question for you. Could you tell me? In your experience, what are the three biggest myths that you have discovered about being an entrepreneur? Uh, So the first one I'd say is that it's easy. I don't think it's so easy or that there's one way to do something. You know, I have like, I get uh, a lot of people come to me being like, oh, I have like the secret process or the recipe for this that's going to like get you from zero to a million bucks in two weeks or something, you know, these like amazing dreams and and I really think that um, that it's a bit of like a roller coaster. You know, sometimes I think like, oh, yes, but if you're living your passion and you're happy every day, then it's going to be so great. But there are definitely ups and downs and there's rejection and things don't work and technology can be frustrating. And like there's there's a lot. And, and some days you're not so motivated and some days you really, really are motivated. Um, and I'm, I'm actually finding... Um, with myself, I don't know, maybe this is the second myth, but um, that I, so uh, being a project manager, I'm a super organized planner person, but then I find myself, and usually I'm like good at, you know, getting down and working, but then I, with being an entrepreneur, have the the squirrel syndrome. I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, there's something here. Oh, there's something there. Oh, the, uh, and I'm like, oh, this reminds me of this. And then I go do this and then I get lost over there. And then I come back 20 minutes later and then I forget what I was doing. And then I, I, I thought that being, I was really like, yeah, I was going to be as organized with myself as I was with my corporate job in my entrepreneur job, but there's like so many things and opportunities that you can do. And so I'm finding that not as easy as I thought it would be. Um, another myth is uh, if you build it, they will come, which mm. I love that. <laughs> oh, I got my website now and I've I have like a, a coach friend who did that. She's like, well, I can't do anything without my website. And it took her like nine months to make a website. And then she's like, well, now I got to make sure I have like a, a place so I can meet people, like a little office to have. And, you know, and then I'm going to like all these things. And it were all just barriers that she was putting in place to actually putting herself out there. She hadn't told anybody yet. She wasn't 
talking about it. She wasn't putting it on social media. She wasn't, you know, and so it's like, you can do all these things, but it doesn't necessarily mean like it could still be crickets. And so you got to tell people, you know, about you in order for them to even know to show up. Yeah. Yeah. And I see that a lot with new coaches as well, that they think they're doing something important and like, Get me. I think social media is an is an important marketing strategy. And I also agree that a website is important, but not before you started working with clients. Like go out and sign some clients, do your work, coach people, start making some money, and then start on your website. Right? There is just um I think that that's just how our brain loves to keep us safe. It says, hey, you're doing really valuable work here, but you're avoiding doing that thing, the hard thing. And what you talked about earlier in the conversation, which would have been an earlier podcast episode, is that to sign your first client, you were enthusiastic and you were talking about it to everybody and being and and practicing, like doing the work yourself. And so that's the thing. No website. Don't need the website yet if you don't have clients. Don't need the social media platform if you don't have clients. What you do need is you need to do the work. You need to be enthusiastic. You need to be connected with your why. And you need to talk to people. Like, so simple, right? Why do yeah. we make it com- Why do we make it complicated? <laughs> <laughs> well, because it's scary. Because they're like, well, what is someone going to say? Are they going to judge me, right? And then all these sort of insecurities come up and self-sabotage. And like, yeah, that can... Uh, we, we get in our own way. We do. And, and even more so, I think, for many coaches and consultants when they're starting out is because it is deeply meaningful to them. This is the work that you feel like, I really feel pulled to do this work. And so, you know, a rejection, if you're putting in a job application at some corporation for, you know, project manager level two is very different than the rejection when you're saying, this is the mark I want to make on the world, right? So no wonder, no wonder it gets scary. That's the way it, that's life. Susan, could you tell me, what do you think the three biggest myths of entrepreneurship are? I know there's lots, but I'm just curious (laughs) what three you might focus on. Well, I guess one, when you come from the corporate world and then you go into becoming an entrepreneur and you, you build this unique business and you, and you know that it's very much needed out there. And it's like, so you build it, they will come. <laughs> and it's like, hmm, no, it takes a little bit more than that. You have to become visible, put yourself out there, do the podcast, do interviews, do speaking engagements, get to know people. It's So they don't just flock to you because you've designed this great idea. Yeah. So that's one. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Another one is, um, well, kind of would touch back a little bit on even on that imposter syndrome where you already have to be perfect in everything that you're teaching or that you're, you know, helping others with. You don't already have to be perfect in all of that. You are, I mean, we're all evolving constantly anyways. And so, you know, the fact that I've got the experience in it and have had both the highs and the lows or whatever, I can still help somebody else through it. So that that took me a while to dispel. And the third one, um, you don't have to have your program or your um, 
you know, whatever it is you're going to teach or offer, it doesn't have to be perfect and done and ready before you start offering it to people. Um, it also evolves. When I designed my group program, I, I tried to put together all the ideas of what I could find from everybody's individual issues, you know, that would still be apply in a group considering you're dealing with finances and life and everything. Mm-hmm. And I ran a beta and you run that and, you know, you are designing it as you're going along. You're finding out what they need more of, what they want less of. You get the feedback along the way and that helps develop the program and solidify it for you. So it That's doesn't have really to be good. perfect before you get out there. Yeah. And also, you know, there's the, you're helping people, you're making money, you're doing the thing that you're put on this earth to do, at least in this moment. And there's that organic feel about it too, right? Like you're not waiting to have all your ducks in a row to say, hey, I could help you. I could help you with that. So you're not withholding that help from your clients as well while you get you know, all the I's dotted and the T's crossed. It's the same with living your life. If you keep waiting for the perfect time and the right time to to go on this vacation or to do, you know, whatever big thing it is you want to do, you know, you may never do it. It may be too late. Right. Or something could happen. And so you just have to jump in and start doing it. That's super helpful. Yeah, that's going to be, that'll be one of the top myths that people will really focus on for sure. Monique, could you tell me in your experience, what are the three biggest myths that you've discovered about being an entrepreneur? Hmm. I think the first myth is uh, just follow my formula and you'll have a gazillion clients in 30 days or less. I think I think that there are a lot of people making a lot of bold promises out there. And um, the myth is if you follow their example and the, do the things the way that they did, that you'll have the same results. And I think that there's so many variables to that. Um, it's a myth. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, another myth is that because someone who's very successful did it this way, that that way will work for me. They don't always go together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also, we don't always actually know how successful that person who appears to be so successful, and not just in the numbers, but how do they feel? You know, are they feeling burnt out and fried and just, you know, unhappy with where they're at in their business? So it could be a lot. Mm -hmm. And I also think that we we all have very specific ways of expressing ourselves. I feel that marketing is not a one size fits all. I feel like you have to find your marketing plan based on who you are and and what you enjoy doing because if not you won't market you won't do it right um so that's another myth that you know marketing is one size fits all thank you so much for joining me for this special roundtable episode 
I was so pleased to interview these amazing experts who each bring such a wealth of experience. Tune in next week. I've got more exciting episodes coming your way. Talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening today. Please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Also, I would love to hear from you. Did something that I say resonate? What else would you like to learn about? Click the link in the player and leave a comment on the post. This is going to give me great ideas for future episodes so I can help you best. Join me again next week for more coaching, support, and teaching to help you become the confident coach you are meant to be.